0: Hey, faith family, welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Calvary Bible Church, welcome back. We've got another episode of Beyond Sunday. Pastor Randy, myself. Randy, thanks for joining me again.
1: Oh, you're welcome.
0: Are you ready for this week? I am. Yeah, you are. No, you're not. You know, your uh, disdain for my jokes is going to come back to bite you. You think it will? It's already because now people are I got a joke from Austin Swigert for you. Oh my word. This from week. Austin. Yeah, so the jokes are just gonna keep coming now. And
1: how old is Austin?
0: He's in first grade, so, so six? He's, Five or six he's six years or old? six or seven. Wow. Um starting early. I forget when his birthday is. Yeah, so you ready for this? Why was the shrimp jealous? Jealous. Why was the shrimp jealous? I'll take my time here while you think. I don't know. You, you, you folks, <laughs> he tried there. You heard him. I could hear the muttering. Uh, I was
1: muttering shrimp cocktail, cocktail. Yeah, shrimp yeah. boat captain.
0: He was a little shellfish.
1: Oh, good one. That's really good. Yeah,
0: good good job, Austin. Well done, thanks for the joke. Um, the repertoire is never fool enough. Mm-hmm. Um, Sadly. No, fortunately. (laughs) Um, So here we go. Psalm 73. Uh, First things first. Uh, You started off pretty controversial on Sunday. Yeah. um, With this strange pronunciation. I know. Of Asaph's name.
1: Right. right. (laughs) Goodness (laughs) gracious. Way to go.
0: Um, (laughs) So uh, some folks were pretty upset about that. The whole Asaph.
1: So you assume that the first day should be long? And the second A is short, the way you just did it. Asaph, yeah. yeah. Okay, just checking. Yep,
0: that's how. Good for it's, you, man. That's, why <laughs> that's the way we do it in English. The way we do it, the side of the pond. Yeah, that's right. We got to make things Englishified. Mm-hmm. Um, so, real quick about Asaph, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Levitical singer. Mm-hmm. You're giving a little bit of context.
1: I try to do it quickly because yeah. that was a full service. So we
0: actually hit him in Psalm 50.
1: Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, which this is, has nothing to do with this week, but last week, um, the Psalm 72 was of Solomon and mm-hmm. you said it was for Solomon. Either
1: four or two
0: or two. Yeah. And not as opposed to from him of Solomon.
1: It, it could be that
0: Psalm 50 says of Asaph. Mm-hmm. So would that be for him or to him and not from him?
1: I'd have to go back and look at that superscription to see what the prefix is.
0: Gotcha. So they, the refi- they sometimes will, they have not some play to them necessarily, but they can go, I guess you consider that play, like the Hebrew preposition could go, depending on what it is, one way or the other.
1: Well, the first, yeah, I mean, not to get too technical, but the first thing I want to look at in that case is it, is it the normal Lamed preposition? So we would say the letter L. Gotcha. If it's the normal Lamed preposition, then oftentimes that's more more or less two or four. Okay. <clears> gotcha. So I'd have to check it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, a paid worship
1: leader. Mm, yeah. Levitt,
0: professional singer. Professional singer. Him and
1: his brothers. Uh, there was a second Chronicles text and a first Chronicles text. One of those texts, David hires the boys, uh, the the brothers. So a very musical family. Yeah.
0: That's neat. And,
1: and you know families like that. Sometimes all the kids sing really, really well. Yeah. And then you have other families, which we won't name.
0: Yeah. Kaufman. <clears throat> that um, they don't
1: sing real well. No. So
0: Yeah. It's a musical intelligence there. Some yeah. folks have it, some folks don't. Yeah. Runs in some genes. Yeah. Not in mine. Um, yeah, no, actually I think one of the things I appreciate about that or just Understanding that he was a, like this was his role, his job, um, is the appreciation even back in that day for the arts and creativity and the value of worship, um, all those things.
1: And then to have a worship leader struggle, I just thought, it just seems so real to me uh, to think that this is someone that's constantly going into the presence of God corporately, Mm -hmm. leading worship corporately. And here he is with this genuine, sincere confession of a time when he almost lost his faith. So, wow, none of us are exempt. No. So.
0: No, goodness, no.
1: I just appreciate the reality of that.
0: Yeah. That in and of itself is a sermon.
1: Um, That'd be a short sermon.
0: Pride comes before the fall. Yeah. Doesn't take long. Mm. You know. That was short. It is what it is. There you go. It's all we need. Mm Mm-hmm. See you next week. Amen. Um, so getting into Psalm 73, mm-hmm. Envy mm-hmm. Uh, was yeah pretty clear. Uh, yeah, verse 3. Theme coming through. Yeah. That song, what this, what Asaph was struggling with here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went back and listened to one of my favorite hip hop songs, just so you know. Good. Do you know what the title of that song was? Envy. Envy um, by 116. So for those of you who are fans or not, go ahead and check that one out um three verses with just some jam-packed lyrics in there about envy. um but what i thought was interesting was in that song and some of the things correlate here to the psalm was um the things that drive us to drive the envy or stir that sin in our own lives um such as in verse four here i'll try and make a connection for they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. Mm-hmm. So Verse this is four. Asaph looking at the, the wicked, the unrighteous around him, saying they don't have any problems until they kick the can. Mm-hmm. Their life is just yeah. super smooth and easy. Trouble free. Yeah. Their bodies are fat. I love that. Fat yeah. and sleek. Yeah. Um, but what it reminded me of is sometimes this envy that we have towards people who are uh, prettier or more handsome than we are, uh, people who are smarter than we are, people who have more wealth than what we
1: do. I have like, more hair.
0: Have more hair than we do, yeah. Whatever you wanna call it. I mean, here's, that's him. And now mm-hmm. we don't look probably, you know, the fat and sleek is different, you know, different culture and context, sure. but still attractive, uh, physically attractive. Good. Um, And I think that's something that is easy you know, any of those things, those who have more money, intelligence, mm-hmm. um, looks than we do to look at them and think, man, wow. yeah, I wish I had some of that, mm-hmm. some of that hair, or you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, but and you know, we laugh about hair, but all of that is soul crushing envy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so mm-hmm. The, uh, the song that I was listening to goes on to list other things like just, you know, someone else's spouse, someone else's yeah. job, their success, mm-hmm. uh, their life in general. And, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things they pointed out in the song was when someone else succeeds, how do you respond to their success? Yeah, uh, which I thought was a great question to ask myself. Cause I've, I've caught myself in the past watching peers, you know. Excel in some way or get some kind of notoriety or you name it. And then you think to yourself, man, I wish I had some of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, uh, yeah, I think we all battle that to a degree.
1: We've talked about it before in different contexts. Is it easier to weep with those who weep or rejoice with those who rejoice? For me, I think it's harder to do the rejoicing Mm -hmm. if it's a particular circumstance that I really would love to have for myself. Now I can rejoice with someone's rejoicing if it's something that I'm not concerned with. Mm-hmm. So I think it's easier to cry with those who are crying.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, that's a great. that's a great question to ask. and I think you're right, yeah, especially in the worlds that we yeah are you know a, a peer, maybe yeah. like a professional peer or something like that oh, yeah. where, or someone whose kids might be thriving in something that your kids are around that same age. yeah, whereas someone whose kids are of a different age. Maybe we don't struggle with that quite as much, um, yeah. Because our kids aren't there. No, right. Um, and uh, last little note from that song, yeah. it just it was reminding me of sin crouching at the door, and envy is this croucher waiting to waiting to pounce uh, and suck the life, or um, as Asaph would have put it here, uh, just catch you when you stumble, um, or cause you to stumble. Yeah. Um, so. Good. Any other thoughts or comments?
1: Well, I do think Psalm 73 is perfect for our culture. I think because we're bombarded with good things and valuable things and good looking things and things that we would love to add, accumulate our culture and our affluence or relative affluence, I know it's all relative depending on who you are and where you live. But I think most of us in our faith family can, um, you know, we can, we can attest to the the pull, the strong pull that envy uh, can create.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's helpful with, uh, with a psalm like this to remember that God is good to us, even though we may be struggling and non-Christians might be flourishing. The psalm gives us perspective this week. So again, beyond Sunday, you're hoping that the, um, the statement about the character of God is mm-hmm. true to us. It, truly, he is good to us. And of course, we're defined as the pure in heart. Remember, our motivation is pure. Our worship is pure, not perfect. But our affections are undivided with respect to loyalties. And then you hope that the just the the revelation that um, the revelation that was received in the sanctuary about their end. Yeah. You hope that that reminds us about the eternal perspective so that when we when we're tempted to envy this week. We realize this is so short-lived, and we certainly do not want to join with the wicked who are going to suffer, like the psalm says. And then, of course, it finishes with this great, um, you know, the great confession of faith at the very end of the psalm. Um, but boy, that question—do you want to read it? I, I yeah, you can if you like. But I wanted to just—you know—you can imagine a worship leader saying, "Is this all for nothing? Mm-hmm. You know, is is my is my." Uh, passion for God and righteousness, is it for nothing? It's not doing anything for me.
0: Yeah. And I think some of what comes out, or at least to recognize it, is um, this exchanging that we feel like we have spiritually where, you know, we do good, we expect blessing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes it does work out that way, but not always. And here in ASAP's case, you've got the guy leading worship, pouring time and energy into, you know, spiritual mm-hmm. things and theology and committed yeah. to the Lord, but yeah. seeing the world around him thrive while well, he feels like he's just not experiencing that same thing. And God, I'm giving you my life. God, I've, I've given you my day. I committed my life to you. Yeah. Why are things so hard?
1: Yeah. I think I have quoted or mostly quoted Derek Kidner's comment about that. He said, I can't believe that Folks who read the Bible think that that this type of prosperity is our birthright. Mm. There's these other texts that make it, make it so clear that that's not the case for the righteous. Yeah, read but, the rest. But of the we Bible. still struggle with it, though, mm-hmm. just like you know the whole Job scenario. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, it it and it seems natural to struggle mm-hmm. uh, and just grapple with that kind of yeah. thing. But you brought us back to, I think, it was probably the most important question: How do we get out of that? how do we fight um, that envy when it when it rears its ugly head mm-hmm. um, and it's I think in some ways similar answer to uh, questions that we've been asking ourselves through the psalms here mm-hmm. how do we for example with psalm 72 how do we show God's um oh, that's not good I was gonna say how do we show God's blessing how do we how do we experience happiness? That's what I was getting at yeah. when we just don't feel happy.
1: So that verse 23, what you and I were thinking about toward the end with a confession that's made mm-hmm. nevertheless. So there there's three or four places in the Psalm where there's a, a, a contrast or a shift and they occur in Psalm 73 at critical moments. Well, this last one, nevertheless, verse 23, nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. So now what what is described is the benefit of having God. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. And then this this, uh, reaffirmation of how important God's presence is. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those confessional statements are the results of faith in the fact that God is more important than all of those things that might cause you and me to be envious. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And we remember that when we get back to the sanctuary, verse
1: 17. It's in church where it occurs for the worship leader, which makes sense in a way, right? He's a worship Mm -hmm. leader, so he's going to do his job Mm -hmm. and he finds himself immersed in the revelation of god either in song which he's responsible for yep. so he ha- he actually has to sing these words mm-hmm. and of course if you talk to any worship leader they would tell you that you're hoping that you arrive to church and you can sing the song sincerely mm-hmm. as an act of worship yourself rather than a performance yeah and so he lands in church He's immersed in the word of God in the singing, let's say, Mm -hmm. but then also in the reading of scripture.
0: And even, I mean, even times where we don't find ourselves in the most spiritually happy place or right place Mm -hmm. to come into church and sing these songs, to actually get them off your lips, if if you're singing them Mm -hmm. and not meaning them your hearts i mean that's a big red flag if you're in there just going through the motions that should be a red flag because otherwise someone who's you know who the lord is working on and bringing back is going to say those words believe those words and begin to warm back up you might say yeah um and so i just it it um It reminds me again of just the regular, how would we say, like ordinary means of grace. Sometimes we we want something extraordinary, Mm -hmm. something supernatural to happen to us. And sometimes those moments do happen. So, for example, I distinctly remember a moment going back years, struggling with envy, and just having this moment while I don't even know what was happening in church, but just feeling the sense of the Lord saying to me, don't compare yourself, mm-hmm. be yourself. Mm-hmm. I've called you to be who I want you to be, to mm-hmm. minister to people that you are called to minister to. Yep. And you know that pure envy that I was facing, um, and that was out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so many times what does kick me back into gear or help me fight sin are just these very simple weekly rhythms and routines like, worshiping with my faith family, singing songs, being under the teaching of his word, the reading of his word. And yeah, that gets us there.
1: It does when those words can. When they can be spoken or sung with sincerity. So for me to come into church and to be able to say in verse 28, but for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge. That I may tell of all your works. That's how it ends. Mm-hmm. If I can say that with sincerity, then whatever I was envious about now takes a back seat to worship. Yeah. So whether it's in 28 or whether it's up in 23, nevertheless, I am continually with you. The, f- the point is, worship reminds us, and it we talk about it being uh, sometimes a covenant renewal service. Mm-hmm. So the worship service, if you think of it as covenant renewal, you come into the worship service and you say to God, this is what I promise to you, or this is how I feel toward you, or this is my commitment to you. And here's my faith in you. Uh, I am continually with you. That changes the way in which I feel about the things that could create envy. Mm-hmm. Now, what's more important?
0: Not having
1: having uh, the circumstances of, of somebody else that I would prefer versus I have my God, mm-hmm. you know, that's how it works.
0: Yep. That yeah. puts things in perspective. Yeah. Um, and then I just, I think to, um, like Paul, you know, who in the new Testament was it Philippians four, I know what it is to abase base and abound. bound. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's had a both. desirable circumstance and then a very undesirable circumstance both. and to be content with what God has given him. Yeah. Can so Yeah. Recognize the sufficiency of yeah. the Lord yeah. and His work in His life. Yeah, um, just helps to fight. Yeah, fights in.
1: You can do it in a couple of ways. If you're interested in this, you know, start with one end. Start your day with strong worship, so that you tell God how much He means to you, and then wait for the moment. Hopefully, it doesn't happen, but you wait for the moment when envy starts to raise its ugly head. Mm-hmm. You've already expressed worship when envy hits you're probably ready to fight against that with another worship experience. You could go the other way too, beyond Sunday, you're experiencing uh, situations with other people and their circumstances. So if envy hits, uh, now you have to quickly go to God mm-hmm. and you have to confess that. So when you start to have feelings toward another person that are negative because of their circumstances, and yours not quite lining up and that's the time for you to remember psalm 73 go back to the confession remember that god is good to you
0: mm-hmm. what would you say is the opposite of envy
1: i think maybe uh maybe your your reference to paul is helpful yeah yeah um the sense of being full yeah. satisfied uh, you know we've talked about this before in church years ago that you know, if you go by if 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 you haven't eaten for several hours and you go by, uh, you know, a highway billboard for Shady Maple, that's going to be one reaction. Mm-hmm. If you've just left Shady Maple, right, and you see that sign, you know, half hour later, it's not going to be the same reaction. Okay, so a sense yeah. of fullness, the old word sati, uh, satiated, um, yeah. Being full, like yeah, uh, being uh, you know, Satisfied. you could use shalom. Your uh, your it's overall well being. Your appetite is just not driving you.
0: Yeah, and the reason I asked was because sometimes in those moments where uh, I think we're tempted with one thing to put that off and put something else on, so to put yeah. contentment yeah. on, yeah, or gratitude, yeah, thankfulness, yeah, recognizing what I do have, yeah. and yeah, thankful for those things, yeah, just helps again to yeah just be reminded of what is true
1: if we were truly poor mm-hmm. physically poor financially poor like yeah. i mean really yeah then it, it, it'd be interesting right would i would i say so much thank you for what i have or would i say lord i'm i'm just really thankful i still have you because i don't have anything else mm-hmm. if i was dirt poor yeah i have god mm-hmm. So that would be a whole new level of faith. For me, it's easy. I can, I mean, I go, you know, after this, if I go back home and I, I sit in that home that God has blessed us with, and it's easy for me to say, well, you know, I was kind of envious of my neighbor because of this or this and this, but Lord, look at what I have. Right. Even that's not the same as saying, God, I have you. Right. You're more important than even this nice home. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, almost like degrees of contentment. Yeah. or or degrees to which God alone is satisfying.
0: that sounds like a good place to stop to me.
1: It it sounds good to me, but...
0: Yeah, because I I say that because it just kind of gets you back down to the bedrock there, the rock in which we stand and take refuge and have stability in life and faith.
1: Everybody seems to... Every Christian that I've ever dealt with late in life seems to know that at the end of life, the things that we tend to want, they don't matter. Mm -hmm. Everybody seems to get there, which is probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing for all of us. If we're living Mm -hmm. a long life, the longer we live, I think the more we realize the most important things. Mm -hmm. And they're not those things which we were envious about a long time ago. It seems like, I don't
0: know. Yeah, no, I don't think so.
1: The senior saints would tell us that, I bet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're immaterial. Yeah. The material things become immaterial yeah um great literally <laughs> not literally <laughs> all right great all right well thanks uh for joining in um again questions for the podcast podcast at cbcmj.com is the email so you can send them in we'll get adam next week no randy this week we've got the global outreach summit right so as a reminder uh dr john patrick will be our keynote speaker Good. We actually, he'll be here Wednesday night with Good. the youth group. Good. Um, and then the first all church event is Friday, nice. seven o'clock. Nice. So if you're a Beyond Sunday listener and you have not signed up, here's special uh, insider information for you. Uh, go ahead and come anyway. Uh, Louise is <laughs> counting for for you folks, you delinquents. I'm one of them. I didn't sign up till Monday morning. I wonder if I did. no worse at that anyway all right thanks thanks for joining us and we'll see you guys friday thanks again for joining us on today's episode and remember our sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond sunday